Folks, welcome to another episode of the Locked on Pit podcast. And we are previewing Pitt, Western Michigan. Could Pitt win this game even if Keaton Slowis doesn't play? And if he doesn't play, who will start? We're going to discuss it. We're going to go in matchups. We're going to talk about players to watch. We're going to do the whole 90 yards. Let's talk about this game. It's coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pit. Are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nick Fairbond. Folks, it's game day. Pitt Western Michigan is here. Pitt travels to Kalamazoo. Don't see them going up there very often, but they are this year, and that is certainly going to throw a little bit of a wrinkle in everything. But Pitt is getting ready for that. But first, folks, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure to head over there. You could still put in your bet for Pitt, Western Michigan, if you so wish. Head over there. You've got bets for everything you might want from live betting, esports, and so much more check out betonline.net folks it's great stuff over there as always and folks let's talk about the elephant in the room if you will this quarterback situation because we don't know what's going to happen today will keen slow is play no nick patty's not going to play patty pretty badly hurt in a walking boot from all indications I have heard. So he is not going to play today. Um, so that is not an option. Keaton Slovis, however, is an option. And so could Keaton Slovis play in this game? Sure. And that would obviously change how these things work. But I actually don't think the game plan changes all that much. And I want to say that because Pitt specifically brings a lot of of things to the table that work with whoever starts against specifically Western Michigan. Because Western Michigan brings to the table an offense that is pretty inexperienced, at least at the quarterback position, and up front an offensive line. So you kind of have a similar game plan there. And then offensively, what is kind of the drumbeat of that off- of that uh, defense that has killed them? A lot of it has been a lack of pressure and an inability to stop the run. And also, explosive plays through the air have been happening too much for this Western Michigan team. So really, when you look at what Western Michigan is doing, there are formulas to beating this team. Plenty of them, actually. And you look at their rush defense allowing almost 172 yards per game, 1715 Per game, that is not good. Ball State ran for over 150 yards. They're running back last week. Jalen Berger ran for over 200 yards against them when Michigan State played them. So, the key in this game is very clear to me. Run the football. Run the football. It doesn't matter if you have Keen Slovis. doesn't matter if you have Nate Yarnell. doesn't matter if you have Derek Kyler. I think that you should be running this football because... Izzy Abani Canada is coming off a huge game. Pitt has a trio, really actually a quartet 
of talented backs. Probably no riding Hammond again this week, but you still have a band Canada, Vincent Davis, Steve Flemister, Daniel Carr. You have four really solid backs that I think can run the football and do it with success in this game. So they should be utilized. There should be a clear plan for this team to move forward with running the football. Two tight end sets. I'm not talking you have to go heavy. You still might want to spread about a little bit. But running the football on this team should not be an issue. The teams of the past have done it. And so Pitt should be able to do it. They really should. This is not a great run defense for Western Michigan. But if Keaton Slovis can't play, that will hurt what Pitt can do through the air because then you can have the options to maybe hit them on explosive plays with confidence. If you have Derek Kyler, for example, look at what he has on his resume. He's more of an efficient passer that's risk-averse, and you don't really know how he's going to translate from the Ivy League to the ACC. That is a massive leap. That is not an easy leap for anyone to make. Then you also look at Nate Yernell. Well, he had a bad list Frank injury. He hasn't truly played in a game since 2019, his high school year. There is a lot to worry about with Nate Yernell because he is coming off a major injury. And so he's really just getting back into the practice flow. But could he be the starter? Sure. I just don't know what to expect from him other than he's not super mobile. He's got a pretty good arm, a live arm. And so that's all you can really take from that. Again, he is a guy from a quarterback factory, Nick Foles, Baker Mayfield, Hudson Card, like a lot of these guys are from Lake Travis. So there are a ton of players out of that high school. But we really don't know what Nate Arnell is going to do. He could be a phenomenal player. He could be an absolute abject disaster. I don't think any of us truly would know what to expect from Nate Arnell unless you saw him in practice. And again, we haven't seen him fully even in a practice setting because the media is so restricted in that too. So it's tough. It's tough for me to tell you. I think the passing game plan changes a bit differently for each of the three quarterbacks. I think for Keaton Slovis, you obviously just go with your normal plan. You can spread it out. You can do all the different things. I think for Kyler, you try to go more of a quick game. You try to hit up underneath. And then I think for Garnell, I think you got to hit him with some over-the-top stuff because of how good his arm is and how clearly live it is. I think you do have to try downfield shots in that area and try to exploit these explosive plays that Western Michigan gives up. But I would also try to make it a risk-adverse rhythm-based attack. Um, so try and maybe get the rhythm going and then maybe hit him over the top of, the, say, a double move or something of the sort. So just make Nate Yarnell comfortable in the pocket and make sure that nothing too crazy happens. But it does change the game. But regardless, and I keep saying this regardless, I think Pitt's defense should be able to step up in this game. And I also truly believe that they should be able to run the football. Not being able to run the football in this game would be a massive blow to anything. And I know they have revenge on their mind, but they need to be able to run the football in this one in order to win this game. 
The defense needs to step up and not allow what happened last year to even remotely happen again. They need to use that motivation as fuel. And they need to go in there and play an extremely tight and controlled football game in this one. All right, folks, let's bring Western Michigan fully into this. Let's talk about Western Michigan. But first, folks, I want to let you know about Bet Online, folks, because you need to check out Bet Online. Again, there is still the line out there for Pitt, Western Michigan, which is ever fluctuating, it seems, by the hour. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. For all this football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's opening games, just go and check it out. You can make sure to check out Pitt Western Michigan again. That line last I checked was 11, so you can see if you want to bet on Pitt to cover that or Western Michigan to potentially cover that. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks. Let's go into what we need to see from Pitt. In this one, specifically on the defensive side of the football, because with the quarterback uncertainty, the defense is even more important. And what I mean by that is look at who is on the other side of the football. Corey Crooms is still there. He is. And he was a guy that went absolutely nuclear against Pitt last year at over 160 receiving yards, a big time player. Got a touchdown. He's their top target now with Sky Moore gone. And Crooms could be an issue. It absolutely could be an issue because Crooms is a really, really sharp runner of the football. And just just look at how he bounces off tacklers and look at how he creates space in his routes. He is dynamic. And that makes him a dangerous football player. No doubt. No doubt. That makes him a dangerous football player. And so it's tough to think about what you have to do to stop a guy like that. But what you need to do is play man coverage and put the guy that's the most fluid and agile on him. And that, to me, is Marquez Williams. Um, I look at Marquez Williams and I say... That is a guy that is smaller, but against a guy like Hrooms, who is more finesse and speed, I would want that guy on him. I think that Corey Hrooms is a really solid football player, yes. But I also think that he is easily beatable by those guys that can match his can match his quickness and agility. And I think Marquez Williams has proven time and time again that he has been able to do that at a high level. And so I would expect this to be something that Pitt looks at. And I think Marquez Williams' court crooms is going to be a big matchup. I also, though, do look at this rush defense against these running backs. Again, Sean Tyler and Jefferson for Western Michigan are two running backs that are solid. They have a nice duo of guys there. And so one's more of a hammer and the other is more of that quick, shifty type of player, which Tyler is. Um, and so it's a tough matchup to 
kind of get a rhythm into if you're a rush-based defense because these two guys are so different in style. Um, so you definitely have to be ready for whatever they bring at you, whether they bring Tyler, who's the shiftier, faster guy, or Jefferson, who will pop you in the mouth. That's going to be the tougher of the two. And so, listen, this Michigan State team, when they played against these guys, did really well to hold up in this game. They put the game in Salopec's arm. And so I look at Salopec, and, and we talked a little bit about him earlier this week. Tough dude, relatively accurate, mobile, but I do think he can be rattled by the picture changing. And I do think he can be rattled when his first read isn't open. And I think that should be the main goal of this team. I look at this team and say, yeah, that's the type of stuff you look at and think Pitt can do. Salopec is absolutely looking for revenge, though. Make no mistake about that. He's got a chip on his shoulder because Pitt did not recruit him. And so, yeah, he absolutely feels that snub. He has to be feeling that snub. And so, Salopec is going to be motivated, and he's a tough dude. He will give you just about everything you got. And so I think Jack Salopec is the player to kind of watch because you really don't know what you're going to get in him just yet. He is a new guy, but he's that tough guy. He can definitely move. He's got a good arm, uh, not a rocket, but it's good enough to push it outside the numbers and get it to where it needs to go. Salopec has been fine. He's been fine. And, and here's the thing. In his second career start last year, they were down 23-14 to 14 to Ball State, and that guy – came up in the big situations and brought them back. I think that shows guts in Jack Salopec. And and I put a lot of stock into what he does. That shows some extreme cojones on the side of Jack Salopec. So I respect Jack Salopec in that regard. And so Pitt's going to have to get after him even still, force some turnovers. They are going to have to make things happen that get him off his rocker a little bit. Punish his bad throws. You got to make sure that you rattle him a little bit. Because, again, this is going to be a guy that's motivated. This is going to be a guy that has shown a lot of moxie early on, and those are quarterbacks that can come back and beat you in situations like this one. So Pitt needs to be careful here. They need to tread carefully, and they need to make sure they play solid, fundamental football in the passing game, not let Corey Crooms win from his variety of alignments. Because Crooms has been so solid thus far this year. And some other – let's talk about some other weapons they do have. They have Jelani Galloway, who is interesting. Um, I look at, at a guy like Jelani Galloway as – Someone you don't necessarily know a ton about. You know, it's 5'11". He's about 185. He's not super big, um, but he has been productive. He's been a big play receiver for them thus far on the year. Had a big catch, uh, a few big catches, rather, against Michigan State, um, which is impressive. So you got to watch for him and, and how easily he gets open. And again, he doesn't really have a, a, a ton of production throughout his career. And so you don't know a ton about Jelani Galloway because he is kind of this new guy on the block 
that could be that threat. And you have evidence of that, right? Because of what he did <laughs> against Michigan State, there's most certainly a need there to look at this and say, we got to make sure this guy doesn't catch us by surprise either. 5'11", pretty shifty, and can do a lot of dangerous things in that regard. And so he's going to line up in the slot a lot. He's going to line up outside at the X. But Pitt's going to have to get physical with these receivers and force them to be press coverage as well. I, I truly believe that. Um, but I look at this Western Michigan offense not as dynamic as it was last year with Caleb Ellaby and Sky Moore with it. But they do have some guys that can get you and score some points. I don't think they're going to put up 44 uh, this year. That's for sure. Um, but I do think they could put up 28-ish if Pitt doesn't come out and play well. So I think that their defense needs to stick down and play at a high level. But now I want to flip that. Let's talk about this Western Michigan defense against this Pitt offense and what I'm looking for. And then we'll give my prediction and do all of that great stuff. But first, folks, go to a quick break. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. Still discussing Pit Western Michigan here as we preview this 7.30 in Kalamazoo tonight. Very interesting time slot for this game as well. But you look at this game from Pitt's offensive perspective. And not knowing who the quarterback will be is going to be a very weird thing. Because Pitt right now probably knows who their quarterback will be, but no one else knows who the quarterback is actually going to be. And so no one on the outside knows this. I don't know if Western Michigan knows this. But you look at this Western Michigan defense. They lost a few key players on this team. But one of the key matchups I always look at is, well, who gets the early season production? Who's off to a hot start of the year? And you look on this defense, man, and Corvin moment has been really good for this team. He really has. Leads this team in pressures and quarterback hits coming from that inside linebacker spot. He's a really good blitzer. And so I continue to say this, but in pass protection, because they will pass it enough. This cannot be the killer for drives for Pitt today. What they need to do is they need to come directly at Western Michigan on the offensive line and make sure they are communicating up front and making sure they know everything that is going on. Because Moment has proven to be a capable blitzer and has proven to be able to create turnovers. That is a big threat here. They're going to try and, and, and exploit this pit offensive line because they have struggled early on. And, and again, we talked about Tennessee's lack of sacks last week, but they didn't get a sack against Ball State. Well, Western Michigan hasn't gotten a ton of pressure either this year. But that could change. And Pitt's offensive line has to figure out these protection calls and has to figure out how to slide which way and how to pass off twists and stunts and how to deal with overloads to one side. These are things they have to grow and deal with. It's going to be something they're going to see probably for most of the rest of the year after it has been exploited as a weakness in two straight weeks. And again, they haven't gotten beat one-on-one -on -one very often. It's more so about communicating up front and figuring out where that most dangerous blitzer is coming from 
And so your quarterback does not get killed. That's more about what that is. And so Pitt's offense needs to do that. Absolutely. Pitt's offense needs to do that. Now you look at this Western Michigan defense in the secondary, and you have Bryson Garner there. Kind of, you know, form pit safety, a guy that does it all. Uh, they use their safeties, both him and Delano Ware, and they move them around, and, and they let them kind of do a lot of different things. They'll sit back in two high shells, but they will run a lot of different stuff. They'll bring them down to a robber rule. So if whatever the quarterback has to be, has to be aware of what these safeties are doing because they will rob the middle of the field and try and jump slants and all that, those things of that nature. They try to force you sometimes into making those tight window throws on the outside in an attempt to take away the middle of the field. And so that's what you have to watch for for these safeties. Uh, and both Ware and Garner. And you have Dorian Jackson, who is a fighter on the outside, kind of their senior leader here in the secondary, but a guy that had a lot of success against last year. So I look at this and when you look at this secondary, it's fine, but it's not great. And you feel like your guys, this wide receiving core, that's going to have to step up, right? They're going to have to step up at some point. And so if you, you think they're going to step up, in this game, to get things on the right track and make sure that they, whoever the quarterback is, they elevate them with them, and they don't actively hurt Garnell, Kyler, Slovis, whoever it might be, this is going to be a big game for their wide receivers to make that happen. But I continue to come back to it. I continue to come back to this. Run the football. I don't think this is a Western Michigan front that is particularly stout. They have been beaten on the ground multiple times against Ball State and Michigan State. And so I 100% believe that when you look at this pit team and this offensive line, the biggest thing they have to do, get after that front seven, Get to your combo blocks up to the second level. Let Israel abandon Canada, Vincent Davis, Sipo Flemister, Daniel Carter, whoever is the hot hand, let them go and win this game for Pitt. Because 172 yards per game allowed on the ground at two games is not good. It's not good. And a lot of those are explosive plays, too. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. They have a lot, a lot of explosive plays on the ground. Pitt needs to make sure that they can exploit this weakness. It has to be a massive, massive game on the ground for this pit team. Because you just don't want to put the ball in the hands of your quarterback if you don't have to completely. With how good this running back stable is for Pitt, they should be okay. They should be. If they're not, there's something that we're going to have to talk about, and that's seriously concerning to me. But they should be okay in this one. And so I continue to look at this game, and I keep saying this. Pitt continues to look stronger in the backfield each and every week. We saw Bandit Canada bring on. I thought Vincent Davis and his limited snaps played well last week, and then they have Rodney Hammond. The question is, do they, are they going to get better up front? 
on the offensive line. Well, this is a big game for it. This is a big game. They absolutely need to make sure they stay out in front. And so running the football is going to be the ticket to this game. That is going to be the ticket for Pitt to winning this one, getting through it, and making sure that even if Keaton Slovis doesn't play, you make sure your quarterback feels comfortable and feels good up front there. But all right, let's talk about my prediction. I think this one's going to be tough. I, I can't predict to you guys if Keen Slovis or Nate Yernell or Derek Kyler will play. Um, so I'll say this. I'm going to predict Pitt to win this one. I do think Pitt will win. Um, and I think they're going to win 38-21. to 21. I, I do think this one can be a little tenuous at times. Uh, I think that it won't necessarily be a blow-up, but I think Pitt will pull away at the end. I just believe in this pit rushing game too much. Um, I really do. I believe in Israel Benikanda. I think that they really kind of showcased a little bit more uh, spunk in the run game last week, uh, run blocking. I think the offensive line might be starting to gel a little bit more um, in that area. So I think that they're going to be able to run the football and they'll be able to control the game. I do think at times that this could get a little tenuous. Again, I think there will be moments where it might be like 24-21 or – 17 to 10 and it's going to be a little close but i do think pitt ends up winning this one in kalamazoo and comes home with the victory all right folks we'll be back for the post game show as always though thank you folks for watching locked on pit if you like what you heard make sure to like comment subscribe do all that great stuff if you are listening on podcast platforms make sure to leave a review and as always folks as we end it here hail top hit